Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm Johnny Junson. We're here with a special guest. He's friend of the show, fan of the show, and most importantly, baseball fans. He's back. It's my boy, James Tom. What's up, big dog? How you doing, brother? What's going on, man? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm just out here in Arizona building up, getting ready for the year. Oh, yeah. And I've, we've seen your videos on Twitter. They get me going. I'll be honest. I'm looking at the videos and I watch just the pop of the glove and all that kind of stuff. And it gets me going because having you in baseball is a good thing. Your Twitter's popping off. Everything's going. You're growing the game. So let's talk about that rehab, man. I mean, if and you showed it on Twitter, your old arm angle. And I watched that and it hurts me. Do you kind of look back yeah. at that old arm angle you had where you sling it back and it goes like 40 meters oh. behind your head? And you're like, uh, oh, my it- God. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. But like, you know, I just told someone the other day, like, I really feel like I've been almost gifted a second baseball life. Like, you know, I can dwell on the past and say like, man, I wish I would have learned sooner why I was getting hurt and why my elbow always hurt. But at the same time, it led me to this point and I'm pretty fired up to show everyone what I can do and what I've got left in the tank. Um, and then like, I don't know, sharing it on Twitter. I feel like the off season's kind of slow. So if I can get people hyped up for the upcoming year, uh, that's great. And then if I can maybe inspire a few guys who are having elbow pain to like take a look at their mechanics and maybe make yeah. a change or two, that's uh, that's even better. So let's get into that. I mean, so your Twitter has been just buzzing lately. I mean, 50,000 followers. You're just, I mean, every tweet you have looks like it has 30,000, 30 retweets, whatever. <laughs> it's an incredible Twitter. And let's let's compare it. Your old Twitter to your new Twitter. Would you say that this new Twitter of yours is just the goat? Because every tweet you make, man, I'm just dialed in on it. The videos get like 40,000 views. It's electric. I love it. You know, back when I first got Twitter, I thought I just kind of threw out just stupid little like, I don't know, like I'm in a coffee shop and this person ordered <laughs> so-and-so in front of me. Like, no one cares about that. Yeah. Uh, I just started realizing that, like, people don't care to hear stupid stuff from me. So I have a baseball following. Why not talk baseball? Uh, baseball sure. Twitter is a cool place, too. A lot of a lot of good, good accounts, a lot of good uh, educational accounts, too, and stuff. So um, I'm trying to just kind of lean in that direction. Yeah, no, and also I and credit to me, credit to me for being a good guy because I wanted to start Jameson Ty on to Toronto Blue Jays rumors, but I didn't. So hand up to me, by the way, for not doing that. So you want to just thank me for not starting the JMO to Toronto Blue Jays rumors because it would have been electric. I would have just blown it up. That's selfless by you, selfless act. Um, I will say I do love Toronto. I got I got roots there. Both my yeah. parents were born and raised Canadians, so. Grew up going to Toronto. Grandma lived right downtown in a high rise. Like, man, I love Toronto, but selfless by you not to hop on Twitter and, and just start rumors. Yeah, well, I I, I really wanted to. And I, I was going to make a video montage of like the song I'm Coming Home in the background and just Jameson <laughs> and just JMO highlights popping off. But I wanted to talk about that because obviously this offseason, you were kind of your, your name was brought up in a lot of trade talks. Were you just looking over Twitter and being like, wow, OK, I guess this team's looking at me now because you I, I'm assuming you had no idea what was going on, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of interesting, like. I understand where our organization is and what we're doing and what we're trying to build. And I think we're doing something pretty exciting. It's going to take some time, but I mean, I love our new staff. I love our young guys that are coming up to the big leagues. Um, You know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel with this organization, but at the same time, like the reality of it is I only have two years of team control left. Um, So it makes sense why, um, you know, they might look to trade me and get something for me, but I mean, I haven't pitched in a while. So yeah. that kind of caught me off guard because like, 
who's gonna i don't know i was just thinking to myself like who would give up a ton of value for a guy they haven't seen pitch in a few years um but you know i've done it in the past and i think teams believe in the mechanical changes i've made and they're enticed by it and that and does and be, you could be honest here does that not get you going a little bit seeing that like the yankees were interested in you and stuff like that like those massive market teams are interested in you and you're rehabbing man you haven't thrown like you said in a call like a, a year and a half i think two years maybe around that yeah. time frame so does yeah, that get you going a little bit and you're like man this is kind of sick like this is electric yeah, I mean, I told myself, like, dude, it's a straight-up win-win. Like, if I'm staying with Pittsburgh, I can kind of take on that, like, mentor role for our young guys. I have a condo in Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. It's the organization I was drafted by. Like, I love the direction we're headed. Um, and if I were to get traded, like, it's a team that wants me, which is exciting. And it's probably going to be a winning team and organization, which is also exciting. Yeah, no, and you have definitely have that resume. I mean, second overall pick and you pitched and when you're pitching and, and the thing is, when you pitched in the league, you had that arm motion that was hurting you and you were still carving up. So it just goes to show, man, like this year is going to be scary. So let's let's give a message to the hitters. Are you coming? Like, what's the fastball looking like? How's the arm feel? Let's talk to the hitters in Major League Baseball and the NL. For the 2021 uh, season. I don't want to talk to the hitters too much. You know how this game works, dude. It <laughs> humbles you way too fast. Yeah, but I will say, like, I feel amazing. Um, for the first time in my life, like, I'm not taking pain pills. Like, I'm not taking a leave, anti-inflammatories. I'm not, like, icing my arm at night. Um, I'm excited to pick up a ball and throw. I don't feel like – I used to feel like I had to hide something. Like, man, I can't let them know that my elbow's hurting or that yeah. I'm sore. And now I'm, like, actually excited to go throw and work on stuff and throw bullpens. I just threw my second bullpen yesterday, um, and I woke up today, and I'm, like, so programmed to be sore. And I woke up and was like, wait, did I actually throw a bullpen yesterday? Like, I feel <laughs> so damn good, dude. Um, so that's exciting. I don't know. I mean, you have to go out there and do it and prove it and do it on the big stage, but I'm pretty freaking excited. No, I'm excited too, man. It's like, it's cool to see guys get back from all that, like the, the surgery, the rehab and all that. How, what was the surgery like, man? I mean, I think I had you on before the surgery, but I don't remember specifically like how much pain were you in? How much pain does the surgery cause you? Dude, it's wild. It's actually wild because my first one, like my elbow hurt a lot. And whenever people would ask me like, hey, I'm getting Tommy John, what should I expect? My answer was like, to never effing feel the same ever again your elbow's <laughs> gonna hurt for the rest of your life and then i got this surgery and like right away i just felt better like it felt like they went in and just fixed what was wrong if anything it didn't hurt it felt good like it yeah. felt like they went in fixed the problem and we can move past it and like start rehabbing so dude it was honestly weird like people that were around me from the beginning of the rehab like our trainers and stuff like they can remember me saying a week out i was like dude i'm telling you i already feel better so um, it's just been wild to me. Like this rehab has been so different than my first one. Dude. And it, like I said, man, your throwing motion, everything looks completely different. And I don't know, maybe you can kind of help me out on this. When I was playing, I used to take eight ibuprofens before every game. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend yeah, that? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> I hit a point where I just told myself like, dude, if you're taking ibuprofen in between innings, like that's not a healthy, sustainable way yeah. to play for a long time. Like that's not going to, I'm going to be out of the league soon. Like you can't last and survive doing that. I actually had uh, Garrett Cole when he was in Pittsburgh, tell me that he was just like, bro, you need to build something that's like sustainable where, you know, if you're taking ibuprofen, that's your body telling you like, Hey dude, stop. You're not, you're not throwing. Right. So yeah. 
I've always had that in my mind, and I'm finally getting to that point where I don't need to pop all those. Have you hit up Garrett Cole and be like, man, I you were right, bro. Like you 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 pretty much told me. Yeah, yeah. We I mean we still talk a good amount. Like I mean he's got some of the best mechanics in the game. He's obviously one of the best pitchers in the game. Yeah. So like I shoot him video pretty often just to make sure I'm on the right track and just to get some feedback. Um, but yeah, I've definitely said a few times, like, I mean, when I was playing with him, uh, I, he was just like, he was a mentor and a friend to me, but he, he was like years ahead of where I was yeah. mentally. So like he would tell me things when we were teammates that are just now starting to like resonate and make sense. And uh, I've told them like, man, I wish we could run it back and be teammates again because I wasn't on that same, like I wasn't on the same wavelength as you, you know, uh, I would listen to what you said, but it just didn't like hit home quite yet. Uh, um, so yeah, he's a good sounding board. He's a good dude to have in your corner. That's for sure. He's a scary dude, man. I would be obviously scared shitless in the batter's box again. Like, I don't know. I legitimately don't know how people do it. He's one of the scariest pitchers ever, and he just is disgusting. Did you catch yourself when you were playing with him, watching him pitch, and be like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, this is disgusting. Yeah, so I've played catch with him a good amount. And, like, you know, at the end of catch, when a pitcher's like, hey, you mind if I just throw a few with you down? Like, can I just throw a few <laughs> flag ground pitches? Yeah. And he's, like, an easy catch partner because he's focusing on, like, locking in his mechanics and he's like searching for like a certain spin and a feeling and then at the end i got down one day and he just ripped like i mean dude just in flat ground end of catch it was probably like 93 or 94 dude just <laughs> i was like this guy is just so incredibly talented um that he can turn it on like that seeing it up close like he throws that fastball that looks like it's gonna bounce and then just like takes off through yeah. the chest um but yeah i mean I'm, I'm that way with a lot of dudes in the big leagues because I'm a fan of the game. So like I'll sit back and watch guys and I'll just be like, dude, it's incredible that I'm up here with all these talented dudes. Like I could watch bullpens all day and just be amazed at how good everyone is. And we're going to get a soundbite because I love Stephen Brault. He's probably going to be in my wedding party. He was a co-host <laughs> of this show. We're going to say when you watch Stephen Brault, you get starstruck. You're like, this guy's incredible, right? Yeah. No, no I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Brault's <laughs> one of those guys that's like super, super talented. Uh, I played catch with him a lot this year when we got shut down from spring training yeah. one point from COVID. And I mean, that dude's got an incredible arm. His fastball is like the one that does a similar thing to Garrett where it just like takes off. It'll yeah, be like, a rise chest. yeah, it's the rise ball. Um, and you wouldn't expect it coming out of little Broadway Steven, you know, for sure. I love that guy, man. I, I like, do you, do you sometimes him. you reminisce and look back and be like, we could have had maybe one of the best pitching staffs ever because Glasnow, friend of the show, this year, last year was carving. Brault carved this year. You're a dog. Garrett Cole's a dog. I mean, do you yeah. sometimes just look back on it and be like, man, I could have been on like the dream team. Like this was this could have been the dream yeah. team. Yeah. <clears throat> I wish, I wish there, you know, I wish that we all were at the peaks of our careers together, but like yeah. it just doesn't work that way, man. Yeah. Like, Brault's just now coming into his own. And I feel like Brault's one of those dudes that's going to get better and better as he goes. Glassnow, like, who knows if he becomes this version of Glassnow with us. So, I don't know. It, it would have been fun, but it's hard to, like, predict that, you know? For sure. And I forgot to mention Nick Kingham. He would have been the five guy. He would have been the number five starter. That's, that's my guy right yeah. there also. But, I mean, and let's talk about Glassnow, man. I mean, were you watching him this year and being like, this is what I saw in Pittsburgh, and I'm finally happy. This is on the national stage now, and people are starting to give him the recognition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seeing dudes that you played with in the minor leagues, like, 
have that moment on the big stage is so freaking cool. Like, yeah, I don't know. I felt like a proud Papa bear just watching him <laughs> go out yeah. there in the playoffs. He's yeah. pitched the past two years, like in some huge moments, even watching like Garrett or watching Austin Meadows, seeing these dudes get that moment is just so freaking cool. Yeah, dude. And, and, and like I said, man, that moment for you is coming soon. Obviously you guys are kind of in a rebuild, so it's not going to be on the national stage. I'm assuming this year, but you guys got a young fun team, man. And I talked about this with Brault. Key Brian Hayes, man, that guy. Holy shit. Dude. Did you watch him this year? I, I'm assuming you were your jaw just dropped because he Dude. has so much projectability. It's incredible. He's one of those guys that, like, I can't wait for us to have fans back in the stands because I don't know if you'll appreciate how good he is until you watch him in person. Like, yeah. the dude barrels every ball up. Even when he strikes out, like, he's getting his best swing off. Um, like, or he, you know, he'll have a couple passes at the ball and an at bat where he might strike out, but like he'll foul one off and just miss it. Plays insane defense. He's fast. Like, I mean, the dude can just do it on both sides of the ball. Um, man, like, I mean, you can appreciate the stats and stuff, but I, I can't wait for people to actually get to see him play. Dude, it's uh, it's crazy, and I and I wanted to because you're probably I would I would assume you're kind of like the captain of the Pittsburgh Pirates pitching staff and all that. You guys have to bring back those jerseys that were vests. Am I right or wrong on those? Those are electric jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I think when you think of the Pirates, that's one of the jerseys that yeah. like jumps out. The Pirates have some good jerseys in their history. Honestly, we've got some good options. Do you like those yellow jerseys? Those like old school ones with the weird hat that Nick Kingham made his debut in. I look so damn stupid in those jerseys. <laughs> like, yeah. I've I've I probably piss our clubhouse manager off bones. Like, I've asked for fifty different hats with those. Yeah, trying to see if one will fit and if one won't look stupid, and I've never found it, dude. I look terrible in them, but it's not the jerseys' fault. It's just how they how they're made. Like, they're just not comfortable jerseys. The sleeves are like big and heavy and baggy, which for a pitcher is terrible, but. I love what those jerseys stand for. That's like the we are family, uh, like the golden age of Pirates baseball. Are you are you going to be doing something new in your uh, in your pregame routine this year or your postgame routine? Like what's going to be going into your starts this year? Let's say off the field that are changing. Are you going to be having are you are you going to turn into a smelling salts guy? Are you going to have a dip before your start? Like what are you doing here? What's the new routine? Uh, this is boring, but like I throw weighted balls now, which is different. Okay. Um, you, you want to know, like, I used to be so type A about my routine. Like, if I didn't eat freaking, like, spinach for breakfast on my start day with my eggs, like, that would throw me off. I'd be like, I'm not doing everything I can today to, you know, put myself yeah. in a position to do well. Now, I just realized that it, all that matters is when you're out there, you make the pitch, you know, you, you man up and, like, you're there in the moment you execute and whether or not I had spinach for breakfast has nothing to do with it. Like I'm just, I, I feel like now I'm just all about when I'm out there, you just got to do the job. It doesn't matter as much what you're doing on the side. You just got to do it. The game doesn't care whether you had spinach for breakfast. The yeah. hitter doesn't know whether I ate healthy today. Like it's all about doing it when you're out there. Dude, man, it's like, what, and also, what has the feedback been on Twitter for you, uh, just fans seeing your progress? How, has there been a couple of negative Nancys just roasting you, or has there been a lot of people just in your corner just pumping your tires like I do? Yeah, definitely way more people pumping my tires, but, I mean, there's always that person that has something to say, um, but honestly, for the most part, like, I've got a lot of people in my corner, which is pretty cool. That's, I've always been more motivated by 
people that believe in me than people that don't like I'd rather prove people right than prove people wrong so I want all the people that stood by me and gassed me up and pumped my tires I want to prove them right for sticking by me just wanted to cut away from this interview for a second to remind everyone to leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts we're trying to send this podcast to the moon and we can't do without you guys so I appreciate y'all leave a review subscribe roast me whatever you want to do let's make it happen now let's cut back to the electric interview with our guy, Jameson Tyon. Okay, and what I'll do is this. I'm going to screenshot all the negative stuff, and I'm just going to – and every time you have a good start, I'm going to tag every single person that has talked negative on you. And I'm just going to say, what, or where are you now? Because I guarantee you – and the crazy thing is, most of these guys that actually talk shit about you are behind some random Twitter account name. Like, they never use their real name. You, you understand? Like, you, you see that stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like for – bigger players you know yeah <laughs> i mean i'm not anyone in comparison to like a bryce harper let's say i can't imagine what his comment sections look like i mean you're always gonna have haters and doubters and people that hate you um but yeah i mean seriously for the most part people are pretty good with the mechanical changes i'll get people that are like you know you're short arming the ball which is just <laughs> that old yeah. school like and i usually respond and try to just kind of inform them that like I made this change because I couldn't stay on the damn field. Like what I was doing wasn't working. Yeah. So that's how I'm here and I'm feeling healthy. So you should be happy that I feel healthy, you know, for sure. And, and, and also, man, I mean, your pirates team, what I find is just fun. I love your manager, by the way, uh, what's his Dude. name? Derek Helton. Is that Shelty. His name? Shelty. Shelty. Yeah. Shelton. Derek Shelton. He, he's commenting on your guys on your Instagram posts and shit. He's just an electric dude. I mean, are you dude. excited to kind of see this guy in action and be there and play for him? Because I think this guy is an electric factory. I just, I'd, I'd die to play for this guy. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah. Our whole new staff that we brought in, like we hit, we hit the freaking ball out of the park for every hire. Everyone's awesome. Uh, Shelty is a huge bourbon guy, which lines up with one of my biggest passions. I collect bourbon and love tasting different things. So we hit it off right there off the bat. Um, And then talk about a dude that's just like, he wants to celebrate his players. Like he wants you to be your best version of yourself. And he's going to be the first dude that's fired up for you when you do something well. Like for me, being a rehab guy, uh, it's super important that you know, when you're rehabbing, you feel removed from the team. It's just natural. Like, I'm not out there. I'm not contributing shit. Yeah. And LT, in his first year as manager, had a COVID season, had shit hitting the fan. Like, for he, sure. you know, this year was crazy for us. And he made it out to, like, every one of my bullpens. He made it out to every one of my live VPs. That's more important. Like, that says more about him than anything I could possibly say. For sure. And what kind of manager guy are you? Like, are you the kind of guy that wants to kind of fear your manager? and and like have a strict guy who's roasting the players or are, are you the kind of guy that wants a manager that's just a guy's guy like 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 Derek Shelton like a guy that's gonna go for a beer with you after the game or a guy that's gonna play Fortnite with you like what kind of guy are you what do you prefer uh I'm probably right in the middle like I want to respect him and take him seriously but also be able to have a drink with him after a good start or a bad start which is kind of where he falls in line like I saw him get pretty pissed off a few times um but for the most part like He's just easy go lucky. Like the locker room, that's the player's space, but his door's open if we need anything. Um, I mean, he's running the bases during PFP drills. Like he's Jesus. in the thick of it. He loves the game. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're not throwing strike one, he'll let you know. Dude, and he, he, I don't know, man. I just find it, I just think he's the only manager in baseball that's like 
cool on social media, man. Like he's commenting on your guys' stuff. I love it. I think he's he's the kind of manager that the game of baseball needs, man. I mean, he's the kind of guy that's going to grow the game in baseball. And I, I just think he's a, I just think he's going to be a good manager in baseball for a long time because how much players like him. Brawl talked about how good of a manager he is also. So he yeah. definitely has a good resume and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to go into spring training, man. I mean, obviously, it's going to be weird this year. You're not going to be having fans asking you to sign their jock straps. You're not going to have fans everywhere going crazy over JMO being back. W- w- what's your mindset going into this spring training? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know, like, I'm hoping we're – I saw the commissioner said we're going to be on time, so I'm hoping they stay true to that. Yeah. Um, I'm really crossing my fingers we get to play 162. Um, you know, it's going to be different. It's going to be weird. Uh, I feel like our players have adjusted pretty well. Like, you know, spring training 2.0, we were going in small groups. You had to have your own soap for the shower. You had to have <laughs> your, your own towel in, in your yeah. locker. Yeah. Uh, stuff was just different. The locker room was spaced out. Uh, it became routine to just get tested before you went into the locker room every day. Um, they were separating pitchers, position players. Everyone was in different groups. And, like, I guess now you have no choice but to just roll with it. So I'm expecting this spring training to be a little bit of a shit show. And you just roll with it, roll with the punches, uh, deal deal with what you're dealt. And I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, the no fans thing in spring training will be really weird. That's my favorite time of the year. Like, it's so much more intimate fans get so much closer they get to see us up close um so that'll definitely be weird but i mean i'm just fired up to get going again dude do you have any stories of like fans getting let's just say too close to you where they're getting a little bit like man like give me some room because brawl said a funny story i think he was talking to his he was talking to his parents at a game and some fan was just ridiculing him like steven 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 he's like dude like i'm with my family yeah that's that one's pretty common. Like when you're trying to chat someone up, let's say you have someone come to the game, they're right behind the dugout or something. And you're like trying to just talk to them and, you know, ask them what's up. Hey, you want to grab a drink after the game? Yeah. And you always have people throwing Sharpies and baseballs at you and stuff. It's like, we'd be more likely to sign if you just let me talk to my mom for five minutes. But, uh, (laughs) Brault's also the dude that's so personable. Like Brault could talk to a brick wall that I think people sometimes mistake that, you know? Yeah, and they think and they think they're all of a sudden they're just the bestest friends ever when they're talking to yep. Brault because he's just such a personable guy. But I mean, it's just it's it's crazy how personal fans get with you and in the DMs and all stuff like that. Do you remember when you were having like good starts, bad starts that fans would just DM you crazy shit or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like with especially with fantasy stuff, DraftKings, FanDuel, yeah. whatever. I remember getting a lot of stuff for that. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, if they're interested in the game and watching it, that's cool too, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's give and take, like, it's pretty cool to talk to people on social media and get to be close with fans. Like, can you imagine when, I mean, I was an Astros fan growing up and like, can you imagine a freaking, like, I don't know, Craig Vigio tweeted at me, like, that'd be the coolest yeah, thing ever. True. Um, but I would also not be that kid that was like talking shit to Craig Vigio on Twitter. So <laughs> I don't know. You're a bit, and you and you you're a big Astros guy growing up, man. I mean, does a little part of you when you're and let's say in the off season, does a little part of you root for the Astros still when you're when you're not watching the Pirates and stuff like that? I've always definitely like kept an interest in the Astros. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember this was before we knew they were they were cheating, cheating but yeah. 2017 that World Series parade in Houston was so freaking cool. I didn't actually go to it but i live like right downtown yeah and just to see everyone in those colors everyone taking off work like 
I mean, it was just even like the guy at the meat counter at Whole Foods was just talking me up about the Astros fired up. <laughs> um, it's cool to see what sports can do for a city. So I've definitely like kept a little bit of an interest in the Astros. Um, and part of that, too, is like the gym I work out at has a lot of Astros guys and stuff. So I feel like kind of connected there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I know Brault keeps up with the Padres a lot, but, you know, that's just the child, like the kid in you, I guess. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I, I, I Brault, well, he actually lo- he likes the Padres, man. I think he lives in San Diego yeah. pretty close to the stadium. I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, I remember him, if I rem- remember correctly. But, yeah, dude, what has your thoughts been like on the offseason so far, man? Obviously, the Mets are going for it. The Mets got Lindor. The Mets got Carrasco. The Padres are, I mean, going for it, going for going it. Going for it. What, what, what if, what if, like, there's a little part of you saying, man, this is, this is good for the game of baseball? Yeah, I thought – going into the offseason, I really thought there was going to be a chance for teams to like jump out ahead and, and get players because I figured like most of the league wasn't going to be signing big free agents or anything. So I thought the teams that were willing to spend some, some dime were going to make out on top. So, you, I mean, even the White Sox, like taking on Lance Lynn's salary and getting Liam Hendricks, like the teams that are going for it, I think it's, I think it's going to pay off pretty big. Dude, it's uh it's, do you do you catch yourself sometimes like looking at scenarios and being like okay if i went here i'd be playing with garrett cole or if i went here i'd be playing with liam hendricks i'd be playing with lance lynn i'd be playing with uh tim anderson like do you sometimes even just put yourself in mlb the show manager mode and think (laughs) like holy shit like this there's some cool opportunities out there yeah i mean i think it's natural for everyone to think of like hey man if i was playing on the padres tatis would be my shortstop that'd be cool yes um I don't know, like free agency is pretty far away for me, so I'm not really thinking about it too much. But, you know, I'm for sure, I'm a fan of the game and I, I'm a fan of, of watching other dudes do their things. So I definitely think about stuff like that. Do you guys play the Padres a lot being on the Pirates? Like, do you- uh, we go there once, they would come to us once in a normal okay. year. So, like, six to eight games a year, probably. And how fired up are you to face that lineup? I mean, if you could carve that lineup, just give the guy the Cy Young now. Dude, I remember, uh, I think Brault was pitching, but Tatis like tagged up from third on an infield pop-up. Yes, yeah, he mentioned that. Yeah. It's like, dude, <laughs> that was freaking electric. That's just like I know it was against us, but like that kind of stuff is good for the game. A guy that can just like you might not know a thing about baseball, and you can appreciate that dude's talent. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good lineup. I mean, freaking dude, like this is common knowledge. But, like every lineup in the big leagues is so damn good. It's all True. a test. Like you can go out and carve the Padres and then you can get crushed by the last place team. That's just how baseball works. Dude. It, it, you're right on that, man. I mean, there, there's so many good hitters in the game of baseball and there's just so many teams that have that one sneaky guy that just like has an unreal future. You see it with, I mean, even you guys, man, I mean, Cabrian Hayes, he's not, you guys aren't that big of a market right now. Cause you guys aren't doing that well, but he's that guy that's going to be in, he's going to be playing in major leagues for a very long time. So oh, yeah. he's, he's definitely a good market. And what, and, is he a good guy off the field? Like, is he a legend? Is he funny? Like, what's he like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's solid. He's quiet. He's a worker. Like, he shows up. He loves baseball. Um, everything I've heard about him is, like, he loves hitting. Like, everything in his life just revolves around getting better at baseball. Um, he lifts at a gym in Houston that I throw my bullpens at. And that dude is shredded, super strong, works his, works his tail off. He's a dude that young kids can look up to and, and try to emulate and be like um, – but yeah, he you can tell like his dad played in the big leagues for a long time. Yeah. So when he came up this year, you could just tell that he knew how a locker room worked. Like 
he knew when to get in the training room. He knew how to like kind of navigate everything. And he just, he nailed it. What's the first thing you learned about a big league locker room? Because obviously your, your your old man never played in the major leagues. When did you get kind of a reality check of like, okay, there's certain kind of guidelines here that I have to follow. Like I just can't be just going in the training room first before the vets. Dude, I learned it quick. Uh, we were in New York and it was my second start. I just went eight innings with like one hit against the Mets celebrated like they all celebrated my first big league win that night and i show up to the field the next day and i had no idea about like if you're a younger guy and you need treatment and it's changed a little bit even just since then but if you're a younger guy and you need treatment you should get in there first you should get in there early be done by the time the vets come in it all makes sense like that all still makes sense to me but i rolled in late (laughs) i was getting cupping and stuff done on the table like 30 minutes before the game like our starting pitcher that night's on the table next to me I missed the national anthem which now it's like not as big a deal because so many guys are in the cage hitting and like getting ready for the game but our team back then like you were expected to be on the line for the anthem every single night and I missed it and I got in pretty big trouble I got (laughs) chirped by everybody I was like I learned quickly that you can dominate, you can shove, and, like, there's certain things you still have to abide by and follow. That's what um, I miss. That scared, that scared me shitless. And, like, little things like carrying beer on the bus after a game, I learned all that pretty quick. What's, so what, what is the guideline for that? Like, are you guys allowed to have a couple pops after, uh, after like, on a road trip or stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So younger guys, like, are supposed to, if, let's say we're – in new york and we're flying to chicago that night or something the younger guys are supposed to fill up some bags in the clubhouse carry them to the bus and then on the flight you can have a couple drinks or whatever if you're flying back to your home city you're not supposed to drink and like the flight doesn't serve any alcohol or anything obviously because guys are driving home and stuff but yeah 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 i mean that's something i feel like that's stuck around since like the beginning of baseball you know after a game you're eating the post-game spread you just crack a beer with the guys go over the game talk about what's going on and then everyone just kind of goes back to the hotel and moves on dude that's so show that's so show you just get in a private jet have a couple beers with you you're you're just having a beer with jamie we're having a beer with steven brawl like that's that's the most electric shit of brawl all time. loves brawl loves having a good beer on a flight like what he's a the legend. guy if you need if you need someone to crack a beer with brawl's your guy what a legend man i love that dude but um there's a couple other things that i want to talk about i mean w- Let's talk about the Fortnite for a second here. You're obviously a big Fortnite guy. I used to be. I've transformed to COD. I don't know why I did it because Fort was all electric. You building all that kind of shit. What would do you say? Would do you think that Fortnite is the most electric game that you've ever played? Like, is that your favorite game of all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the game that I've been interested in the longest for sure. Because I feel like in Fortnite, there's no limit. Like, you can always get better with the building and the editing and the strategy and stuff. Um, and I love the concept of the battle Royale. Like it can be different every single game, no single games the same, but now, like, I gotta be honest, I'm starting to fade a little bit of my interest because people have gotten so good. Like every fight you get in in Fortnite, it's just another sweat. It's someone who thinks they're going to win millions of dollars. Like everyone thinks they're going to be a streamer now. <laughs> That's why I left it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so damn good now. Um, you have to try pretty dang hard. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other game I've liked that much. Like, I used to play the PGA Tour game with Rory on the cover. I yeah. used to play that a lot. Like, on the road, that was our, like, meet in the hotel room, crack a beer, play play 18 holes of Rory. Um, but Fortnite's definitely my number one. Would you say 
and this might be a soundbite here, would you say you're the best Major League Baseball player at Fortnite, or is there other guys that are just nasty? Let me think. Let me think on that. I'd say I'm one of the better ones. Yeah. Just because I, I mean, I play a lot of hours, dude. Like, just I'm a clocking nerd. in. But just I play arena. In. I made it to like the champs division. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like in Fortnite, though, I could probably kill anyone. They could probably kill me. But I'd say I'm I'm up there in that top top tier of Fortnite. For sure. And do you stream? Like, do you stream it also? I used to stream a little bit, but I don't, I, I'm not really doing a bunch of it anymore. Like, it's hard to gain a following. I don't know if people really want to watch me play Fortnite. Um, <laughs> you might. But if I ever if I ever play, like, I have some pretty pretty good Fortnite pros that follow me and stuff. So if I were to ever play with one of them, I'd make sure I streamed it for the boys. Yeah, and who's a couple other like who's a who's a like an uh, Fortnite pro that you play with? That's like a big name. Have you played with like Nick Merks in his prime? Nin- like who you play- no, you haven't played Nick Merks. I haven't played with Merks. Uh, I played a charity event. And I got to play with a guy named Bizzle, who's yeah. like he's one of the best competitive Fortnite players. So that was pretty dope. We won a bunch of money for charity. Um, I've actually like come across a lot of dudes in Fortnite games that are pros like they'll kill me or whatever and i'm like oh that's a freaking big time pro that just killed me that's pretty cool <laughs> um i'm trying to think one of my buddies stetson alley his like brother-in-law is a Fortnite pro he's like a 16 year old kid with like a ton of earnings he plays Jesus. out here on like the west yeah so me and him will run it every once in a while and the kid is just so damn good like it's crazy to watch Dude, well, and I'll and we'll rank this here. I'll give you a top three. You tell me like the top three professions: a football player, a Fortnite player, or a golf or a golf pro. Which one would you rather be? Because I, for me, I'll say it. I'll say I'd rather be a golf guy because for to yeah. be a golfer, you're traveling the country, you're traveling the world, you're just golfing with the guys. It's electric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're like a top tier golfer, I mean, it doesn't get better. And look at their sponsors, like. Ricky Fowler is sponsored by like a jet company. So he's flying for free everywhere he goes. He gets a Mercedes rental car. Like <laughs> talk about that dude. Just having, having the good life. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go golf. I might actually say football next just yeah. because like, I feel like at some point Fortnite's going to burn out and like, sure. let's be honest, football, golf, sports, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be there forever. Yeah, dude. And, and Fortnite, I, I could be wrong on this because I stopped playing. Do you think that it's kind of died down? Because when I, I used to play, it was like buzzing. There was everyone online, but now it's more yeah. like caught and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely dying down a little bit. Um, they need to do something to, to get some life back into it. For sure, man. For sure. But this is the yeah, second last thing I want to bring up here. The, you, the, uh, humble brag on my behalf. The announcer for the Pittsburgh Pirates follows me on Twitter, Greg Brown. I've been trying to get this guy. Yeah. Can you vouch for this guy to come on the podcast? His voice is electric. I need Greg Brown in my life. He's got a good voice. He's got a really good so voice. Good. He's got a great home run call. Yeah, he's solid. Uh, he's a good storyteller, too. He, w- he would line up well with you. I need to get this guy on. I don't know what I have to do. I tweet at him multiple times. He follows me, but we need to figure something out here with Greg Brown because I need Greg Brown on the show. But, and, and I want to, this is actually another thing I want to bring up here. You were doing a show during the season. I believe it was like, what was it called? Coffee. Uh, yeah. It's the grind. The, it's grind. the grind. What a, what a name, yeah. by the way. Holy yeah. shit. This guy's a genius. But uh, I didn't what, come what, up with it, dude. That's like the marketing geniuses, you know? <laughs> I was going to give you credit, but what was that like, man? Just being in the content game. It was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, Coffee is like one of my biggest passions. I freaking love it. Uh, but I guess the concept behind it was one to have like meaningful conversations over a cup of coffee. And then if 
certain teammates or guys are way more into coffee than others will focus more on coffee. And if guys are like not interested in coffee at all, we'll just pretty much just talk and shoot the shit. Um, but I feel like we have such a good team of dudes and I just wanted to highlight like what guys are uh, invested in for charities, what, what's close to each guy's heart, get to know their families. Um, I don't know. I just want fans to be able to kind of like what your podcast does, like give an inside look at players basically. Yeah, no, I respect that a little bit of a little, you pump my tires there a little bit. Love it. You just love to see it. That's why I'm a JMO guy, but, and I believe the World Baseball Class is coming up soon. Can we get some maybe breaking news here? Like I'm Jeff pa- Passan. Do you think are you going to be a Team Canada guy going into that next World Baseball Classic or Olympics or whatever's going on here? I when is the next one? Is it 2020? That's I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Um, I'm I'm really not sure. I haven't thought about it. I know if I were to play, it would be for Canada. There it is. That's like I can. I mean. I, I probably wouldn't be invited to play for the U.S., let's be honest. But, like, if I were to play, <laughs> my allegiance is to Canada. I had such a fun time playing in that one World uh, World Baseball Classic. What was that, 2013? Like, yeah. the dudes were awesome. They, they were they all knew each other, like, really closely. I think the Baseball Canada unit is super tight. Um, but, like, being on that stage, I got to throw against Team USA. And I was in double-A at the time, and I'm facing, like, David Wright, Adam Jones. Oh Joe Mauer, like that was so freaking sick. Um, and we got in a sick brawl with Mexico. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The Canada boys are scrappy, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the business side of it, like my elbow, I don't know if it would be a good look yeah. throwing and something like that, but like, dude, what a freaking sick experience. And, you know, Canada's now got like Mike Soroka and some young talent. So Josh Naylor. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah they some, could be really solid. There's some dogs definitely on that team. But what, what did you notice the difference on that team? Because obviously you kind of grew up playing with Americans. You didn't grow up playing with Canadians. Did you just yeah. notice something in the difference in the way we talk or just the, just the shit that we do a little bit different compared to what you saw growing up? Uh, so Morneau had a house party. Like right at the beginning, we we're actually I'm out here in Arizona right now, and Morneau had a house out here. Uh, he had all the guys over, did like a little barbecue. We all had some drinks, and they they were just straight up playing street hockey, like getting after it. It's like <laughs> this is the most fucking Canadian thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. Like yes. they're drinking a Molson, they're freaking playing street hockey. It was electric. Um, but no, I, I didn't. I mean, from a baseball perspective, I didn't. I mean, they're all super talented players. They were like all with big organizations, but I definitely would say, and I didn't play on the U S team or anything, but like, these are a group of dudes that all knew each other, liked each other, rooted for each other. Like you could tell they were really tight knit. Yeah. And was that kind of weird for you to kind of enter that? Because you were the big dog, man. I mean, you were that second overall draft pick. I don't think Canada has ever had a top three pick in the major league draft. So you're kind of walking in there and you're just big. Bo- were guys like, holy shit, that's JMO? No, it was, it was completely normal. I mean, dude, we had like Joey Votto and Morneau on our team True. and stuff. Like yeah. we had some big dogs. Uh, Brett Laurie at the time was like a really big player. We, I mean, we had some dudes on that team, Michael Saunders. Um, so I don't know, it, it was just a pretty cool environment to come into. I definitely felt like I kind of watched where I went and what I said because it, I felt like I was on their team. You know, I felt like yeah. I was just contributing to their squad. Like, I felt like they were in a group text leading up to this for years, like hyping each other up. And then here I come, I get to throw yeah. the big game against the U.S. Like, I didn't want them to think I was some loser, fake Canadian, you know? Yeah. And how fired up were uh, your parents when they just like, cause like I said, you have roots there. Your grandmother, you said, I believe lived in Toronto, like in the, in the beautiful high rise there. 
was your parents like, oh, yes, like about time you were figured out he's a Canadian. Like you're a Canadian down yeah, hard. Yeah, you're yeah, one yeah. of us. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it was like sick for me to get to play, but I think more importantly, getting to wear Canada across my chest and getting my parents to see me, I, they were super proud. Um, I've still got aunts, uncles, cousins. Uh, we have a ton of family in Canada still. So it wasn't as much about me as it was like putting that on for my family, basically. Dude, it's just, I'm like I said, obviously I've been watching your progression. I believe we, when I had you on last time I had you on this podcast, it was January 2nd. I was in the studio. We had a new, we had a weird logo. We had everything going now. Everything's changed. And it's just kind of cool to see how the progression we're progressing of you, together, bro. Yeah, we're, we're progressing both progressing. Together. We're and you're, up. and like I said, man, I, I love the shit you're doing. Like, uh, you're throwing in Costco parking lots. You're just doing the most random shit ever on Twitter. I mean, it, it's incredible to see, man. I mean, if you could have talked to yourself back back then when I had you on January 2nd when was kind of the start of your rehabbing and all that kind of stuff, what would you say to yourself when you were in pain, you weren't throwing fully yet, you were kind of just going through the progression, progressions? What would you say to yourself? Uh, I mean, not to sound like a loser, but I'd tell myself like, hey, in a year you're going to be feeling great. Your confidence is going to be back. You're going to be feeling healthy. You're going to be throwing 95 again. Like, just trust the process. Like, it's going to be great. Dude, um, yes. And I, I mean, I learned a lot along the way too. So I'd probably, I'd probably drop that in somewhere and be like, just sit back. You're going to learn a ton. Um, you know, with like the mechanical changes I've made, we got a new pitching coach, our organization's getting way more into analytics. So this past year was like a crash course for me. I learned a ton. Okay. So you're, are, would you say you're an analytic guy? Because obviously there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of scrutiny with the Blake Snell situation getting taken out in the, in the world series game. Would you say you're an analytic guy when it comes to mechanics, not when it comes to the game of baseball or the opposite? I mean, I guess it's a blend. I don't know. Like, I'm definitely an analytics guy when it comes to, like, spin rate and mechanics. Um, I mean, if you're not evolving and, like, keeping up, you're going to fall behind. So I'm just trying to – I'm trying to keep up, stay above water. Uh, but, like, with the Blake Snell situation, I understand the numbers that support decisions. But at the same time, like, I mean, at the same time, what makes sports great is that anything can happen on any night. And, like, if your dude is rolling, you got to trust that. So – I kind of see both sides to it. Like if they keep Blake Snell in and something were to happen and they're like, Hey man, like your third time through, why'd you keep him in? True. You're damned if you do damned. If you yeah, don't. you're, yeah, so, you, you are right on that. But what would your, what would be your reaction, man? If you got taken out of a world series game like that, would you be, cause you're, you're, you, you kind of have that heart on your sleeve. You play with that, with that intensity, all that kind of stuff. Would you be livid if you were in that kind of scenario? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be tough. Um, that's a tough situation. I've never even freaking pitched in the playoffs first off. So, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's tough. Like, it's tough as a player because you don't want to be looked at as that selfish guy who doesn't trust your manager, trust your bullpen. Like, when you have a dog running out of the bullpen and, like, the Rays, that's kind of what made them work all year, and that's what gets them into that spot. Um, but at the same time, like, you want to be in that moment. That's literally what you dream of. Like, World Series, you're dominating. That's, like – literally as a kid you can't even dream that stuff up so i don't know you don't you don't want to be the guy who looks selfish and doesn't trust your team but you want that that moment and, and going into spring training man do you kind of see yourself as that big man on campus now that guy that was like garrett cole to you man because you have so much knowledge now you have knowledge with s surgeries injuries all that kind of stuff you've played under Derek cole i mean garrett cole i don't know why i said Derek cole you've played under garrett cole do you kind of see yourself now as kind of the the wise guy 
for the Pittsburgh <laughs> Pirates rotation and stuff like that? Um, I've definitely experienced a lot. Like I've had some high highs. I've had some really low lows. Uh, yeah, I've kind of done it all. I've had my shit pushed in. I've been hurt. I've had some good, you know, stretches in the big league. So I definitely feel like, you know, I can maybe help assist our young guys going through it. But I mean, to get that role, you also have to freaking go out and do it. So I need to go out there be healthy pitch. And then that kind of stuff just, I feel like falls into place. Like, it's hard to be that guy when you're just rehabbing on the side. I can have great conversations with young guys, but like it means more when they see me going out and backing up and doing the thing on the mound. That, I mean, that just gets me going. That just fires me up a little bit. And this is the last thing here. This is you. This is your opportunity. I'm going to clip this. I'm going to put this on Twitter. This is your opportunity to talk to Pirates fans. What can they expect this year from their ace? I'm calling you the ace from their dude, their prodigal son, their favorite pitcher all time. James and Tyler, what can they expect? Talk to the Pirates fans. Let's get let's get them going here. Um, so I feel like I have a lot of unfinished business with Pittsburgh. I, I was drafted high. I feel like they've been hearing about me for for years. I had a good year in 2018. I was on the up, and then obviously I got hurt. Um, so I'm ready to just put it all together. Um, you know, I want to be someone they can root for. Uh, and, you know, I just want to be healthy. I want to deliver on that promise of being drafted high and, and of all the hype. Um, so, you know, our organization's heading in, in, in an exciting direction and I want to be the guy to, to help us along. There it is. Wow. I mean, you can't even script that. That was just electric. Can we get a mile an hour actually? Uh, guarantee, not a guarantee, but let's get a mile an hour prediction. 99 out of you, 98. What are we feeling here? I don't know, man. I haven't, if there's fans in the state, like I haven't pitched in front of fans in so long. Uh, but my velo and my live BPs and stuff was like 92 to 95. I touched to 95 in my bullpen yesterday, which Holy like fired me up. And I really wasn't trying too hard. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm just trying to stay healthy, dude. I don't want to jinx anything. I just yeah. want to be out there. I just want to stay healthy. Uh, but I'm pretty confident my stuff will be, if I'm healthy, and out there, and my stuff's going to be right where it needs to be. There it is. And there it is, folks. I mean, Major League Baseball, he's back. You just love <laughs> to see it. Our guy is back. The Canadian hero we're going to start calling you. My guy. I'm excited to see it, man. I really appreciate you taking time. And ladies and gentlemen, he's going to get a haircut after this. So stay tuned for some There's little There's not much you up. can do with this, but uh, we're going to see what we can do. There it is, man. And best of luck. in months. There it is. I haven't got a haircut in a while. That's why I wear hats inside. I, probably, I get roasted for it a lot. But, I mean, there there you have it, folks. I mean, I'm excited to see what, what happens for you this year, man. I've been seeing the progression. You've seen the progression of this show. I've seen the progressions of you. I'm a, it's going to be electric. It's going to be something serious. And best of luck, man. I'm, I'm rooting for you for sure. Iron sharpens iron, dude. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, bro. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.